You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. FireEye sees better Chinese international citizenship in cyberspace, at least with respect to the U.S. CrowdStrike is joined by Mandiant and Fidelis in attributing the DNC hack to Russian actors. Motherboard interviews Guccifer 2.0, whoever he may be. A bad Santa delivers ransomware to his naughty list. Researchers find real and apparent fishbait. The U.S. General Services Administration moves to facilitate cyber contracting. The U.S. Secret Service wants cyber triage tools, and it wants them pronto. Israel relaxes some cyber export controls, and Vossener reconvenes this week. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, June 21st, 2016. FireEye reports that the Sino-American cyber talks seem to be having good effect. The security company says that Chinese government cyber espionage directed at the United States appears to have fallen off dramatically. That's not the case elsewhere. Some of the Chinese espionage units formerly employed against American targets are showing up in campaigns directed at other countries, notably Russia, and other target sets, notably in the financial sector. Turning to the week's continuing big story, the successful hack of the Democratic National Committee, CrowdStrike is standing by its attribution of the incident to two Russian government actors, APT-28 and APT-29, in all likelihood the FSB and the GRU. Two other companies, Fidelis and FireEye's Mandiant Unit, have investigated the evidence and reach essentially the same conclusion. The malicious code found in the attack is substantially similar to that used in other attacks by Russian actors. Against this conclusion, of course, are claims of responsibility by Guccifer 2.0, whom we can now refer to as him. Someone representing himself as Guccifer 2.0 has been in touch with Motherboard. While many observers regard Guccifer 2.0 as a front for the Russian government, that's not so, the gentleman in question tells Motherboard. In fact, he not only doesn't work for a Russian intelligence service, he doesn't even like Russia. What he does like include, in no particular order, Gucci, Marcel Lazar, who's Guccifer 1.0, now in U.S. custody, women, and the freedom of minds. Guccifer 2.0's exchanges with Motherboard were conducted at least partially in Romanian, and Motherboard says the Romanian native speakers it consulted say 2.0's Romanian isn't really that good. 2.0 did claim his heuristic algorithms were too much for the DNC security, that the Russian stuff in the stolen documents metadata was his personal watermark, that he feared for his life, and that he wanted to fight for the world without the Illuminati. Motherboard's tone throughout its account of the exchange strikes our staff as one of polite but open-minded skepticism. We did talk to someone with first-hand knowledge of the investigation, Fidelis Vice President of Cybersecurity Services, Mike Buratowski. Here's his take on the affair. 
some of the stuff that really stood out to us was the the complexity and, and almost grace, if you will, or the elegance of, of the malware that was there. Uh, it was very complex, had a substantial amount of information in there that your normal script kitty or, or low-end hacker really wouldn't, wouldn't put in or take the time to really finesse, if you will. So what about Guccifer 2.0, the online entity claiming credit for the attack? It's a little hard to say. I find it intriguing that uh, this person just came on the scene shortly after uh, CrowdStrike reported on the the actual malware, so it kind of makes you wonder about the motivations. Now, that being said, when we do investigations, it's not uncommon for there to be multiple actors in a particular victimized company. You may trace a vector back to a particular uh, strain of malware, a particular point of entry. However, uh, you find multiple points of entries, and a lot of times the malicious actors don't even know that there's other bad guys in, in the victimized network. Guccifer 2.0 says that they are a lone wolf in this attack and that CrowdStrike's attribution to Russian intelligence agencies is incorrect. Buratowski and his team at Fidelis say, not so fast. When you look at the totality of the circumstances, you're looking at the targeted victims, uh, what information was stolen, uh, what was done with the information after it was taken. And when you start doing that, it paints a picture of probability uh, as to who the actor could be. And then something as simple as, well, how complex is the malware? And uh, would an average person or an average group have the capabilities to be that elegant, if you will, in in their development of the malware? And when you start putting all those things together, uh, in, in, in this particular case, it definitely points back to a, uh, a state-sponsored actor um, likely being a Russian actor, so, again, pointing to a specific agency, I, I don't, there's nothing, let me, let me put this way, there's nothing that would cause me to believe that CrowdStrike is incorrect, that's for sure. After the DNC's opposition research on Donald Trump was released, the head of the DNC announced that there was no personally identifiable information included in the hack, which prompted Guccifer 2.0 to release personally identifiable information in the form of donor information. Buratowski warns that there's a good chance there's still more to come. Based on the complexity of the malware that was there, I think there's a, a, a fair possibility that there's a, a substantial amount of information that was taken. I think it's uh, to be determined, but I definitely would not be surprised if we see a, see a lot more information come out as the campaigns progress. That's Mike Buratowski. He's Senior VP of Cybersecurity Services at Fidelis. We also sat down with the CyberWire's editor, John Petrick, for some perspective on false flags and attribution. We'll hear from him after the break. So ransomware continues its evolution. Dyad Cryptor, an EDA2 strain, is out, as we've heard, courtesy, apparently, of the Russian cyber mob. Sophos Labs are reporting, through dark reading, that a new variety of JavaScript ransomware, RAA, is out. It's a departure from the familiar extortion norm in that being composed in JavaScript, it doesn't depend upon the victims running a macro for infection. Phishing is, of course, a common way of distributing malware, ransomware, and other malicious code. Apple users are currently being phished with a credential-stealing malware packaged in an email alerting them to a virus in the iTunes database. There's no such virus, but if you bite on the fish bait, you may cough up your Apple ID. 
An email that looks like fish bait but is actually legitimate is circulating from LogMeIn, which is asking some customers to reset their passwords in the wake of the recent credential leaks from LinkedIn, MySpace, and others. See the accounts in HelpNet Security and the Internet Storm Center for notes on what makes legitimate communication with customers look fishy. Xdetic, the underground market that sold server time on compromised RDP servers, may be larger than initially believed. Kaspersky sees some evidence from data released on Pastebin that Canadian and German servers joined Brazil, China, the U.S., and the U.K. in the top ten. But these indicators await confirmation in further investigation. In industry news, the U.S. General Services Administration's efforts to create a new special item number for cybersecurity products, an SIN, in its IT schedule are being regarded skeptically by industry. The GSA schedules are designed to facilitate purchases of common products and services government-wide, but some observers are dubious that the GSA will be able to keep pace with the rapid evolution of technology in the field. The U.S. Secret Service wants a quick turnaround on its own solicitation for cyber triage tools. They want tools that can be rapidly deployed for network remediation. The Secret Service hopes to issue 30 awards in each of two pools, single-user licenses, and malware scanning services. Contracts are expected to have one-year periods of performance. The Israeli government, whose Unit 8200 has incubated a number of security startups, has moved to relax some of its controls on cyber exports. Internationally, Wassener is back. Meetings resumed in Vienna yesterday on revising the controversial and in the U.S. delayed cyber arms export control regime. This round of talks will conclude tomorrow. Another round of negotiations is scheduled for September, leading up to a planned December plenary session in which the parties hope to reach final agreement. And finally, Guccifer 2.0, please feel free to come visit us. We promise there are no Illuminati here. Not much Gucci either, alas, but we hope you can overlook that. And when you come, will you bring Satoshi Nakamoto with you? We'll leave the light on. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber.
Joining me once again is John Petrick. He's the editor of the Cyberwire. John, we're continuing to follow this story about the hacking into the DNC. Um, how would you categorize this? Is this a is this a false flag situation with the Russians or uh, covert operations? How do we label this one? There are three companies that have been investigating this. CrowdStrike is the first. They've since been joined by Fidelis and Mandiant. And CrowdStrike's conclusion, which has been echoed by the other two, is that the hack of the DNC is really a a job by the Russian intelligence services, by both the FSB and GRU, possibly. So people are wondering if this is so, because there's this guy calling himself, herself, themselves, Guccifer 2.0, that says, it's me, I did it, I'm a lone hacker, I hacked the DNC for my own purposes, CrowdStrike doesn't know what they're talking about, Uh, there's no Russian involvement whatsoever. So... Other people have been saying, and CrowdStrike has suggested this too, is that Guccifer is a false flag. That is, Guccifer is really just a front for Russian intelligence services, that is, for the FSB and the, the GRU. So what's a false flag? Uh, literally, a false flag operation is when one country conducts some sort of combat operation or demonstration purporting to be members of another country, either a a targeted country or an uninvolved country. It comes from the days of sale when you might raise somebody else's flag on your warship to deceive the the quarry you're approaching. Mm. I don't know if this is really a false flag operation. It's a case of uh, the assumption of a false identity, if that's what it turns out to be. Speaking of false identities, what are what are some are examples of that? What are other uh, false identities people assume? Well, some of it comes down to a form of branding or even criminal branding. There's, uh, for example, there's a new ransomware campaign that's come to light this week. It's uh, being called Dead Cryptor. That roughly is Russian for Grandpa Encryptor. And it's a riff on uh, the Russian Santa Claus. They've got a bad Santa logo and everything associated with the ransomware that pops up on your screen. So because we're a family show, maybe it's worth saying this to any of the children who listen to us in Chelyabinsk or Krasnodar or Yekaterinburg. Died Moroz is still okay. Santa's okay. Died Moroz dobri, a died kryptor on yet. Wow, John, your, your, uh, your Russian's pretty good. Uh, people, are, people are going to start to talk. You know, <laughs> the GRU does have its false flags. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Thanks for joining us as always. Yeah. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire.
And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes, and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.